Hi everyone, so welcome to this week's podcast. This week we will be talking about relationships. To kick us off, we have Amanda back joining us. He's going to bring us a little bit of light into what it's like being in a relationship because Izzy and I <laughs> are not at the moment, so she's just going to give us a different insight. So I we'll kind of am. Um, I'm attached. <laughs> relationship with a lowercase r, just in case he's We've listening. Got... We like to cover all bases over here. So Amanda, you have been with your partner for, is it five years now or more? It's five years and six years in December. And so you started going out when you were at school? Yeah, we met when we worked at the cinema together and it was like our weekend job. We just kind of hit it off when we met each other. Considering you've been together so long and through quite a lot of life changes and that kind of thing, would you mm-hmm. say that you believe in like the whole thing of soulmates? I find this question like difficult to answer because it's difficult to say what a soulmate is. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is a soulmate? Is a soulmate like a perfect partner? Someone or... who completes you. I guess we all have our own version of it. Do you believe there's like a perfect person, one perfect person for everyone? Do you believe that? No, I don't believe that there's just one person and I don't believe that any one person will be perfect for you you can't have a perfect partner you find someone who you have a really good connection with and you find someone who you're really compatible with and as long as that's making you happy every day and working then I guess that is my kind of soulmate but that's not to say that I believe in like this the classic view of a soulmate like that one person and Mm -hmm. having somebody who ticks all the boxes because I don't think it is about ticking all the boxes I think it's just about being with someone who just gets you understands all of your complexities all of your flaws accepts them you have a lot of fun like same sense of humor that sort of thing you must know each other inside out by now yeah is it kind of like a comforting fact to know that there is someone out there who knows you just as well as you know yourself yeah like you could probably say that Tom is an extension of me now and that's not to say that I have lost part of myself or anything like that like or I'm giving up a part of me for another person it's it is literally just an addition to who I am like a team player so yeah someone on your team it's you and Tom against the world sort of thing yeah like with that in mind what do you think for you personally has been the key to maintaining a long-term relationship I think just like not being so serious about things just being easy going and like having a laugh and being able to when things do get serious serious in the sense of like when things don't go right being able to talk it out and understand where each other are coming from there's so much to it do you know what I mean like it's really hard to just be like oh this is the recipe for successful relationship because it's different for everyone yeah exactly I'm sure the formula of like what would work in a long-term relationship looks completely different to different people yeah it's so personal I think if I was to say like the main thing it would probably be like being able to have fun Obviously, you've been with Tom for so long that along the mm-hmm. way, I'm sure there's been times where you've got on each other's nerves or you've had a little bicker. When you've had the more kind of like serious arguments or discussions where it gets more heated, do you think it's better to sleep on an argument and have that space and revisit <laughs> it when you're both kind of less riled up 
or do you think it's best to address it in the moment air out all grievances on the spot when you might be a little bit more I don't know you might say things you don't mean in the moment I think in an ideal world it would be better to have space like if you are that sort of person that wouldn't think about what you're saying and you're just gonna like spurt things out especially if they might be hurtful then I'd say that it would be best to give yourself some space before you get to that point. Nobody wants to be horrible to their partner or who they love, but it just doesn't work out that way. And also, I feel like trying to do the right thing by sleeping it off and like giving yourself some space never actually works. Well, because you can't sleep when something's bothering you. I think before, like, I've had, you know, like, a bit of a tiff with, like, Tom before, and um, I can't even remember what it was about. It was probably not about anything, like, massive. It was definitely something petty. But on this occasion, we sort of, like, laid in bed trying to sleep, and both of us were pretty much just staring at the ceiling. Both of us were very much awake and, like, trying to sleep or pretending to sleep, but it just didn't happen, and then... We had to talk it out. But I suppose at least trying to give yourself the space, then you can calm down. Do you think it has a little bit to do with whether you live with each other or not? Because if you live with each other and you're kind of like forced to be in each other's spaces, it's harder to have that space. Yeah, definitely, actually. Because if I was having an argument just over text, maybe I would, you know, just say, oh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And perhaps, yeah, perhaps I would just go to sleep and like address it the next day. Do you think living together during lockdown has like changed or affected your relationship? No, I actually don't think so at all. I feel like if anything, it's just it's kind of been nice to just spend time with each other at home, like uninterrupted and not feel like we have to make plans to go out. If it has had an effect, I'd probably say it's been a positive effect. I suppose as well, because it's like you and Tom moved in together like just before lockdown, really. So I suppose like it's still something quite new and exciting like for both of you to just have your space. Yeah I think it helps that I go to work as well like me and Tom are not seeing each other like every minute of every day. I mean it's a blessing in disguise because I can't imagine how it would have been for you both having been in each other's lives for so long having to choose whether to isolate together or not because obviously at the start Mm. of lockdown we didn't know if it was going to be three weeks or six months and you might have decided at some point being like oh you know if it's three weeks let's ride it out with our respective families yeah or you might have had to make the decision of whose house do we like stay in and because Mm -hmm. obviously you might have had someone like a vulnerable person you couldn't go against the rules I definitely would have struggled and if I'm being honest I probably would have broken the rules quite soon on because I'm actually not sure if I would have been able to have kept myself away knowing that we were so close like a five minute drive from each other so yeah it has been a blessing really like we definitely moved in together at the right time it was literally just a few weeks before lockdown happened what's your favorite thing about Tom um I'm sure there are many (laughs) there are there are many I think it has to be his weirdness and his sense of humor like that's a good one the goofiness like you got you girls know me I'm such a goof I love that he's the same in that sense have you got any pet peeves that you'd be willing to share? Just so, um, you know, doesn't wash the pots or... No, do you know what? Tom washes up, like, most nights. Like, he's such an angel. So this doesn't bother me anymore. Is he in but... the room? No, but he can definitely hear me because my flat's really small. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my um, earphones in, though, so I can't hear if he's, like, mouthing off at me in the other room. <laughs> oh, no. 
Mad Bane left. <laughs> it turns out he's like jumped apparently. Like, you will not air your grievances. Absolutely. <laughs> We're about to hear the juicy gossip. I bet you her phone's run out of battery. It's exactly the kind of thing that Amanda just. So true. Oh, Tom said Amanda's phone died. Of she course. says, be back with you. <laughs> I knew it. Right, Amanda, back on it. And I- did you have a chance to think about a pet peeve with Tom? Um, yes. What I was going to say before my phone battery so rudely interrupted me and cut me mm-hmm. off. One of the things that really annoyed me, and it doesn't annoy me now, when he's brushing his teeth, he like rinses his mouth by sucking the tap. <laughs> <laughs> like oh I say, God. I say sucking the tap. He doesn't actually put his lips around the tap, <laughs> but literally like gets his head under the tap like as close as he can and like drinks from the tap to rinse Has his mouth. Has a little slurp. Yeah, that used to really annoy me. I'm sure there are more. And I'm sure he's got loads for me. Shall we ask him? Yeah. Have you got any pet hates of me? He's thinking of a list of many. Like, which one do I think? <laughs> Mainly not putting like lids back on things properly. It's like half-assed, screwed back on. So you pick it up and the lid is like... <laughs> you two are too nice to each other. Yeah, you definitely are. There's definitely more. He wants a nice life, not quite life. Yeah. Picked a mid-range one there. I mean, we're talking about like really small things like pet pet hates. You haven't so, been for anything it, like a super big test like, no. where you've thought of like packing it in. It's never gone to that point. No. And if anything, like those small things, just they're entertaining. They're, they're what make a relationship like fun because you can just tease each other about that kind of stuff. No, you're right, Izzy. Like, I don't actually feel like Tom and I have had a real challenge in our relationship before you've had challenges where you faced it together from what you've told me it's not like you've ever had a challenge in regards to your relationship and how you feel towards one another where you've been like oh my god we need to fix this or it's over it's never been like that it's more like you've had external forces that you've had to team up and be like how are we going to deal with this together yeah for sure how important is it for you about your partner getting on with your family because I feel like Tom just slots right in yeah it's so important for me massively important I don't think I could be with anyone that couldn't get on with my family because it would just be too awkward it would make me really insecure about the relationship if we're talking like mum and dad for example I'd be like well if you can't get on with my mum and dad then you can't actually appreciate me as a person because I have been raised by three people and I am largely who I am because of them it just really wouldn't sit right with me you know what this is like a really random question but it really bothers me about if I was ever in like a long-term relationship again how do you share out Christmas with spending it with Tom because obviously you've been together for so long now where it's like he is pot he's your family so you obviously want to spend Christmas with him but you've got his family and you've got your family how do you share that out now so like bearing in mind we've been together for five years and it's coming up to six years we haven't once spent a full Christmas together Um, So it is difficult. Me and Tom the other day were discussing it, what we were going to do this year. And I think from now on, we'll probably take it in turns. I'll spend Christmas with his family next year. I think Tom's going to spend Christmas with my family this year. And I suppose the family that we're not seeing on Christmas Day, we'll, we'll see on Boxing Day. Because you've been together for so long, do you think it affects the milestones that are are expected within your relationship? Like, do you feel somewhat pressured to maybe get married or have kids earlier because you've already been together for so long no I don't think there's any pressure to to rush to do those things 
I'm considering it in the future, but I'm not like thinking, oh, I've been in a relationship for nearly six years now. I should get engaged. The ultimate try before you buy. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Thank you you very much much for your knowledge. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like me and Emily could have much of a... Actually, you know what? Emily has been in a long-term relationship before, but I think you hold the crown there. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not very successful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for asking me to come on and chat. It's been fun. Right. Right. You did another Instagram poll? I did, I did. I now apparently think I'm an Instagram influencer. You are. um, You are an influencer. What are you talking about? So at M Wallace on Instagram, follow the handle. So first question. So we asked Amanda this as well. Do you believe in soulmates? Is what do you think my fans were saying to this? I think there's too many hopeless romantics out there. I think it's a yes. So yeah, 61% of people said yes and 39% of people said no. 55 people saying yes. What are your thoughts on this? I think for me, I don't believe in soulmates. I think I used to believe in soulmates, but I'm nowhere near as much of a, as a hopeless romantic as I used to be. I think that I grew up on romance novels and loving romantic films and watching The Notebook, and it fed me this idea of finding this perfect person that will complete me, and I just don't believe it anymore. What I think is that there's loads of people out there who have the potential of being like one of your ones, like the one, but like I feel like you've got loads of them, and I think everyone is compatible with you a different percentage. And there's probably like hundreds of people who are compatible with you 90%. And then hundreds of people who are compatible with you like 95%. And then you might be with someone for a few years who's only like 50% compatible with you. Like, I just think there's loads of different options. I don't think there is one person that can make you happy. But you can definitely find someone who is compatible enough with you that you would be happy just having them for the rest of your life to be the one. But soulmates, predestined soulmates, no. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I was always a hopeless romantic. I'd had my wedding plans, everything. And do you know where my belief in soulmates originally came from? It's because my grandparents, they're still together now. And they met when my nana was like 13. So I grew up with them as like my wow, like this is my vision. I was in a relationship from when I was like 14, 15 for like five years. So during that relationship, I was like, yeah, like I'm doing what my grandparents were doing. Like this is the one person for me. This is all I can ever have. And when that time. Yeah. And like we were together a long time and I think thinking that he was my soulmate and that soulmates existed and there's only one person for you actually made the breakup 500 times worse. And it also meant that I would never break up with him because I was like, this is my one chance for true, meaningful love. And if I sack that off, then I've ruined my own life. That's basically how I thought of it. Even like a year later, when like I was going through something else, like I had to actually meet up with him and speak to him because like I'd never gotten over it. I 100% think that is because I believed so deeply in soulmates at that point. And I think from then onwards, I had to do a lot of work on myself to realise that there's not just one person for everyone. But there are people out there that maybe have more similar interests for you than that person or same hobbies or same life experiences and actually 
those things matter more and I think every time I come out of a relationship I think like oh I'm not going to have that again but actually you do have that again you always do you always think you're never going to get through it but the first cut is the deepest and the first real heart-wrenching heartache feels like you're never going to get over it and that it's the end but once you get over that first heartbreak you kind of know that you can do it again like as much as heartbreak always sucks I feel like because I've done it once before and I came out the other side and I did end up meeting someone else after thinking Mm. like, oh my God, I'll never be happy again. I know that if I could get over that, you know, the first heartbreak, I can pretty much get over them all. (laughs) doesn't make it easy. Um, No, definitely not. I wish I was still like the hopeless romantic I was, but it's just been sucked out of me. I think I think it's better. I think <laughs> I think people do themselves a massive injustice by thinking there's only one person out there for them. Mm. That you're worth all the happiness in the world and you shouldn't rely on one person who you assume to be your soulmate to give that to you. Be your own soulmate, sisters. Like I said, I don't believe in the word soulmate, but you can find that type of like soulmate vibe with not just a partner but you can find it in friends and yeah there are lots of ways you can fill that void second one have you regretted a relationship oh my god oh god literally this was like 50 50 same amount of votes for both so i'm gonna ask you izzy have you ever regretted a relationship maybe i've gone through periods of regretting relationship particularly when it's particularly when it's fresh in my mind but I am someone who believes that we are the sole kind of total of all the various moments, hardships um, and challenges that we've been through in our lives. And without maybe some of the more questionable relationships, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I actually am at a point where I like myself. And um, yeah, go me. Um, (laughs) So I can't say right now that I regret anything. Maybe at the time, I think there were some hard things to get my head around. Like, maybe I didn't regret the relationship itself, but I think I regret some of the ways maybe I've acted in relationships in the past. I think that sometimes I've actually been the villain. And I think it's good to take accountability and accept that sometimes you're going to be the villain in someone else's narrative. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I've, in the past, when I've been much, I'm, I'm talking years ago, but a lot more immature, maybe I was the toxic person. And equally, maybe I regret ways that I've reacted in relationships in that I didn't get out quick enough. Like maybe I was had too much faith in someone that they were going to change or sometimes I regret sticking around for as long as I did. Yeah. But never the relationship as a whole. I regret Mm. not spotting red flags sooner. Things like that. I definitely regret one of my relationships. Which one? My... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know Um, if I can guess. Even though you've had some dire, you've picked some dire people, like you did have some good times with all of them. um, My first relationship, I don't regret the relationship, but like you, I know that I was toxic at some points and he was my best friend. Like I regret how horrible the breakups were and that kind of I mean it wasn't my fault he texted me to break up with me (laughs) but like we were both quite young we'd been through a lot for our age and it was a lot for two people to go through without any guidance I think I never accepted any help from anyone and I didn't really listen to anyone else because I thought like the only people that knew best were us two me not getting help the help that I needed definitely negatively affected the relationship like now I know that the person you're with it can't be your support they can't be your main support like 
has to you come have from to lots spread of different them. places. Yeah. You have to spread yeah. them out. My second relationship, I regret getting back for them the second time, but yeah. I don't regret the whole relationship. I regret you getting um, back for the second time. You'd already, <laughs> learned. You'd already learned what you could learn at that point. You just had way too much faith in him. Like you, like just the regret of like not getting out sooner, but it is what it is. I've kind of come to terms with that now. The last one that I was in... I knew I didn't want to be in a relationship at the time I got into it. I don't think I was forced into it, but it moved a lot quicker than I'd have wanted to. And when I get into a relationship, I get into it for the long run. Like You give it your all, always. Yeah, kind of rushing things and then having relationship for a couple of months, like that doesn't sit right with me. And Me and you are the same in that when we've been really hurt in the past, for us to take a chance on someone new that someone new has to be fucking really really special and if they then fuck it up or suddenly don't give 100% like we're giving then it feels like it's some sort of misjustice or something like that unjust which isn't necessarily fair like you shouldn't put that onto someone else but it's just like if I'm put if I'm giving you a chance to like fuck up my life you must I must think you're worth it so you're just willing mm. them not to throw that back in your face. It sounds horrible that I regret a relationship, but I, I do. It was a lot of mending to do for I such do a think short... I, for such a short amount of time, and I do think that one did you more harm than good in the long run. Yeah, 100%. Like, I know I'm not great with breakups anyway. You, you've literally been there for every breakup. We always go shopping, like, the weekend after it's happened. <laughs> There's a difference between character building and character destroying, and I think that yeah. one teetered on the edge of uh, character destroying. So the other one that we spoke to Amanda about as well was whether it's best to sleep on an argument. So 30% of people said yes, and 70% of people said no for this one. And so, yeah, I'm interested to see what you think is. I I think it obviously it's a case by case basis. But for me, 100%, as difficult as it might be to um, have to sleep on it and maybe not sleep at all, I need space. I am so hot headed and in the past have been so volatile. I'd say between the ages of 19 and 21, I went through just like a really angry phase where I feel like I might have even had needed anger management, right? But yeah. it meant that if I had an argument and it was the tiniest thing, I would go off the rails. I would blow up. I'd say things I didn't mean. And I wouldn't be able to get were, I was savage. I was actually savage, yeah. Um, whereas having matured, I found for me, and I know it's not easy for anyone else to do, if I can try and just have at least 12 hours space to calm down, I can collect my thoughts and I can collect my side of the argument into a more concise view and for one not make a fool of myself, another not act in a malicious way and I can be very controlled and have space and recognise maybe if I've done something wrong and explain to the other person why I might think that they've done something wrong and for me that's a lot more beneficial. However, I can appreciate that for a lot of people, it then ruins your whole night. And I, I know that people like to get things just done, air it out, finish the argument, and then you can move on. But because it also works past arguments and also small grievances. Like if someone pisses me off and it's more of an irritation and not an argument, I find that for me, it's better not to bring it up actually in the moment because sometimes I, it might just be that I'm in a really kind of like a mood where I'm getting easily irritated or being overly sensitive and tired. And then if I can leave it 12 hours and really get some space, I'm, I'll be able to kind of like get my point of view across in a more relaxed way. 
and it seem more reasonable rather than me flying off the handle? I think it literally depends on what kind of person you are. Like I'm someone who when I reach that stage of being irrational, my like things multiply by the second. So the sooner you can catch me like and nip things in the bud, the better because sleeping on stuff, I don't sleep. I just literally lie there like, ah, oh, okay. Um, There's me sleeping like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So are they asleep or are they ignoring me? Are they talking to someone else about this? Are they getting advice? Is the people giving them advice breaking like telling them to break up with me? Oh my god, they're gonna break up with me. Like literally my brain, it just like multiplies and multiplies. And because I don't sleep, by the time it gets to the morning, I'm not upset anymore. I'm literally just fuming and I'm like, you don't care about me. You went to sleep. You had a lovely time. Now I'm exhausted. Like I can't open my eyes. I think you're going to break up with me. I'm hysterical. Like you've made me feel like this. And by that point, there's just no reasoning with me. And then it goes on for ages. Me and you are complete opposites then. Yeah. Because like, if, if you imagine it like a graph, as time goes on, yours goes like up into anger and mine peters down into like reason (laughs) yeah right I never used to be like this can I just say this is a new thing I try and address things before they get to an argument so I think that's people think that that's me starting an argument whereas for me I literally have to say it then I'm like over it and I think I need to realize sometimes that for some people they can't just have a conversation then they're over it like I think people like really struggle that that's how I work and they think like oh she's like she's up for some beef when it's like no 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 I literally just need to tell you that that's no, how you made me feel you're really good at like moving on like yeah, I, once I, it's put to bed you put it to bed whereas I'm I definitely take notes in my head like, <laughs> yeah you know like the whole forgive and forget thing I feel like I forgive mm. but I don't forget <laughs> I yeah know. because my brain is constantly thinking I just need to tell them the issue and we need to resolve it and then we need to find a way to move on. Like They're the stages that it needs to be. I've got to a stage where I try and be so reasonable about things. I probably get more hot-headed when that person's not being reasonable back because I'm like, look, I'm really trying here. But do you not think then it'd be better for you to say your points and if they feel like they're getting heated to then give them some space to process what you've said and then come back to it when they feel they can be reasonable? Because if they don't think they can be reasonable and if they're quite a hot-headed person and they need time to process because I think people process things differently and obviously you want it aired straight away I think this just means that you need someone who's similar to you yeah I do I think I do yeah because a lot of it is because of like how my anxiety works with me and also it's been really interesting finding out that I've got OCD as well because it makes a lot of sense as to why I need that structure of like we air this we talk about how it's made us feel and then it's sorted like I have to have things in that order I always need processing time like say if someone I'm with does something that pisses me off when they're drunk or on a night out I just I can't bring it up to them whilst they're drunk or anything like that I will always have to like leave it a day to process why it's made me feel the way I have to feel I think as well when you're drunk like in those cases I probably see why it's better to like bring it up the next morning I have a really weird fear that everyone's gonna like die that I know like it's, oh. it's just one of my really irrational things but because I know like of a few people our age they've um passed away on like nights out or on their way home from places I always think like if I sleep on this 
what is this oh it's such a horrible thought yeah you don't want to leave it in a bad place in case something happened and then yeah you didn't get to tell them that actually you don't hate them and yeah you love yeah them or not. but the next question was can cheating be forgiven actually 25 percent of people said yes to this which was way more than i thought so that's like Wow. 25 people have said yeah standards people I'm kidding mm. um, <laughs> no. it's an absolute no because no matter how much I love the person I would always know that it was the beginning of the end like maybe if I was super super into that person and it was just a kiss on a night out I would try and make it work but I think deep down I'd know that that was the beginning of the end because I just I would never trust them again if someone cheated on you on a night out Every time they then went on a night out, you'd always be wondering. And also, I think someone's less likely to be forthcoming if it's a second time cheating. Even if someone came forward the first time they cheated, I wouldn't trust them to come forward a second time because I think they'd know that that's a bit of a piss take and that really would be over. Once the trust is gone, that's done. I do feel like there are grey areas, but for me on the whole, if it's a whole like, oh, he slept with someone else or he's kissed someone else, or he's had an affair, it's, for me, it's an absolute no. I'd get out of there quicker, like, than Speedy Gonzalez. I have no patience for it. I don't know if I've been cheated on in the past. If I have, I'm unaware of it. There's maybe one of my exes that isn't necessarily even an ex, but, like, you know, grey area. And if any of my exes has cheated on me, I'd say he's the most likely. I don't know for sure, so I won't torture myself. (laughs) I don't think any of your exes have cheated on you. I don't know. Think about the one in Upper Sixth. No, I don't think he would. The older one. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it can be forgiven, but I probably would stay with that person, depending on the scale. Only because I know how useless I am at like ending relationships. You would never and... trust them again, though, Emily. When you think about yeah, I know, and I, I know, issues. I know, I wouldn't trust them. So it would be um, the beginning of the end. Like, even if I broke up with them, I'd then be like, oh, no, I've ruined the chances. Like, See, that's gaslighting. Gas- you're gaslighting yeah. yourself. You're doing yourself yeah, wrong. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm always on fire. You know what? But... There are so many people who don't feel the need to cheat, don't settle for anyone less than someone who would be absolutely faithful to you. Because mm. I'm sorry, there are very little excuses. I don't care if you're blackout drunk. Like, if you're that blackout drunk, you couldn't be able to get it up. I think I'd find physical cheating a lot more acceptable than emotional cheating so i putting the effort into messaging someone to getting to know someone else and like having that actual like emotional connection i would find that a lot more torturous than some random kiss on a night out i'd find it more torturous but at least they'd be throwing away your relationship for something that might actually make it i'd be more pissed off if someone threw away a really meaningful relationship on just a really meaningless physical thing with someone on a night out like Mm. to kind of put our relationship on the line just so you could snog a girl in a club would piss me off majorly rather than I've accidentally well both would piss me off but for different reasons like if you'd fallen in love with someone else it would hurt so so much but at least it would feel like it was (laughs) in the name of love I don't know because that's calculated whereas like randomly getting with someone in a club isn't calculated. But then they've thrown it away for nothing Emily like do they have that little regard for you? Yeah. Both for as bad as each other just for different reasons. Someone replied to the poll on this being like like it depends to what extent it was but a lot of people have just said like even if you try to move on it will always be there can that trust ever be repairable? No. Like if you're not happy 
just fix it don't do that um I don't 100% know that I was cheated on but 80% sure that I was which one but I didn't one two or three two the new relationship was just far too soon after we broke up yeah yeah I you see I don't think there was any physical cheating there though I feel like he had that standard but do I think there was some sort of emotional overlap I wouldn't have been surprised even my most recent ex he was bloody messaging his ex-girlfriend the whole time we were together and she had a boyfriend I'm sorry but like (laughs) that's so weird like if I'd have just trusted myself at that time because this stuff was going on like he just hid it from me and so why didn't I just act on my gut instincts at the time but you know for the future now like yeah hold yourself to that standard so maybe for that reason it has served a purpose in your life right someone put a question in for us to answer do you believe relationships are standardized to the extent there's almost an expected path i mean there is the generic path isn't there that i think is expected of most people dating and then moving in together and then getting married and then having a child and growing old together but times have changed and I'm not saying that any of those are redundant points because those milestones still make a lot of people very very happy however Mm. I think our generation has added in a whole load of new milestones where there's the like oh I'm just gonna like their photos on Instagram and then we've got like the talking stage and then there's like the talking stage where you're like a bit more you know like, not talking to anyone else um, <laughs> and then it's exclusive and, and then, then and yeah then literally like, seeing, like, you're just seeing each other yeah we're yeah. just seeing each other then like I don't what's after seeing each other maybe boyfriend and girlfriend exclusive exclusive yeah then it's boyfriend and girlfriend basically my answer is I don't think relationships are standardized anymore but some people choose to make it that way. Some people like to have very solid labels because it's easier to know where you stand. I prefer to know where I stand. I think it's Um, just good to check in with each other. As long as you're communicating effectively, then I think it's fine. I think putting rules to dictate some kind of relationship or whatever is quite unhealth I know I go through periods where I'm like I'm not getting in a relationship for this set amount of time if you meet someone that makes you happy if you meet someone that is to your set of standards and you're really compatible like fuck it there seems to be some sort of society accepted time after a breakup before you can move on you know like how someone's yeah. like oh, they moved on quickly and stuff yeah but I think that's completely wrong and I used to be like oh they moved on quickly and be relatively judgmental but now now I don't I don't think about it at all just because someone moves on two years after their last relationship doesn't mean that they didn't move on after one week mentally it's just that they didn't find Mm. someone else at the right time whereas if someone comes along literally like two weeks after you've had a long-term five-year relationship and after two weeks you meet this person and you feel really like everything clicks into place are you meant to tell that person um sorry can you just wait for me for like six months until it's socially acceptable for me to so many people do i know they do but if you've met that person that it suddenly clicks fucking go for it like don't care what anyone else says like you can't choose when you're going to meet the right person you might meet the next love of love one of your loves you might meet the next one two days after breaking up with your ex or you might have to wait another 10 years you don't know when that person's going to come around i think we have to get rid of timelines with that sort of thing it either feels right or it doesn't and i think it's about respecting the other person you're with as well and just making sure it's like all a decent thing another thing like they kind of links to what we've just said but um it's like about the 
right person wrong time saying 80% of people think that that is a legit thing I'm not sure on this one I think that it life is luck of the draw and you can say to yourself maybe if you'd met someone later in your life and further down the line when you were more mature or when certain events didn't come into play that maybe it would have worked out but I don't think you should torture yourself over it you can't torture yourself over what might have been it's like the saying of like the one that got away and I think it's really easy to idolise that. But you'll never really know if it worked out. I do believe to a certain extent, depending on my mood, that everything happens for a reason. And maybe that person came and left your life at exactly the right time for you. And not everything good is meant to last forever. Maybe the one reason someone was in your life was to set a really high standard. And maybe no one does ever reach that high standard. And you're like, oh shit, maybe if I just met that person like in my 30s then it could have worked out but there's no reason why you can't re-reach out to someone when the time is Mm -hmm. right or when it feels appropriate like your lives might realign again in the future and you might get your second shot but what the point I'm trying to make is is that I think people idolize this idea of the one that got away and the point Mm -hmm. is is that you'll never actually know if they were the one that got away yeah it can be used as an excuse I've dated a couple of people where they're like oh everything's great between us but like it just doesn't fit in with like my timeline Like it just feels like an excuse. I think that's where communication comes in some people genuinely aren't just ready to be with that one person for the rest of their life but what's cruel is that they don't let that person know until they're ending it that that was the case like Mm. they'll be with someone and let them think that oh this could really go somewhere And then it's only when they're like breaking up the person and they're like, oh, like, you know, if I met you again later in life, maybe. But actually, I was never actually ready to commit anyway. And it's like the fact that they didn't say that that's damaging. I think just people Mm. need to be upfront with each other about what they're aiming for here. I always think back to my first relationship. Would I really wrong? But you're idolising it. That's what I mean. Like, I do. You're thinking... Whereas, like, there was lots wrong. There's a reason it ended. Yeah, there was loads. <laughs> so. Yeah, 100%. And the only reason I know I think that is because, like, nostalgia. It's the whole romance thing as well, isn't it? It's like, oh, the fairy tale, like, like in the movies, the one that got away, and then they rekindle, and everything's perfect. Yeah, and, and maybe, and they... maybe they do, but you can't wait your life thinking that yeah, they, they well, were the one. Because otherwise yeah. you'll never let or waiting around. In. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just some quick fire things to finish it off. What are the top three things that are most important to you in a relationship? I found it really hard to think of like a top three because I think there's just loads of things that for me make a successful like person that I'd want to be with. And also I didn't know when you when you messaged me this question earlier, I didn't know how shallow you thought I needed to be. Like I wouldn't be about I don't know. Big Willy. Big dick. Uh, (laughs) my number one thing I think is honesty I need to be with someone that I trust I need someone to be as upfront as I am because I'm upfront to the point of rudeness is that yours as well the second one is they've got to be a team player I need someone who makes me feel like they have my back that they are 100% on my team that it's me and them against the world someone that's going to go on adventures with me that's going to push me to be spontaneous that's going to push me to be the best possible version of myself and thirdly and this one's like slightly more shallow but essentially they've got to be good in bed I don't mean straight away like because I can appreciate trainable 
trainable exactly they've got to have potential i think it's the chemistry thing maybe not just sex but the intimacy i think there needs to be a great chemistry there because otherwise you're just best friends but you know you need that spark that makes it a true romance you need the foof what about the foof to be set on fire yeah um yeah so my number one is honesty as well I think like we're very similar which is why sometimes the only ever time we clash because we're both just so upfront I hate playing games like I hate trying to guess where someone's at even if you think it's going to upset me tell me it's straight I'm a big girl I can deal with it like it's not your place to protect my feelings I can do that myself I can't be here sprouting honesty left right and center and you not saying anything back to me number two is just fun I'm a bit of a loser and I literally find myself the funniest person on earth so (laughs) I need someone just to like have that banter with me and like not take life too seriously I want someone who I can have around my friends and that I'm not going to be worried about like having to babysit have fun have a laugh like make a fool of yourself in front of people because that's what I do and we'll be in it together my third one was actually family and I suppose like friends are in that as well I'm so close with all of my family like from both sides and if there's not that like connection with the family and it's awkward and all of that kind of stuff then it's just not going to work so at the end of the day my friends and family are the ones that are always there for me and like if there's gonna be any movement then it's going to be from the guy who's just come into my life not the people that have been there for everything what are your like absolute no's um again I feel like there's probably ones that I just haven't thought of that are more important but my number one no is being a game player I have no patience for it any sort of manipulation trying to make me jealous on purpose the whole if you're dating someone and you pull away and start ghosting them only to like pop up again I've no patience for it it won't fly with me the whole like I've been online on Facebook but I'm just not going to reply to your message for eight hours and like you know how like sometimes in what talking, yeah you know in talking to people they're like oh she left it 45 minutes so I'm gonna leave it 45 minutes I don't yeah. care I because I genuinely don't play that game I genuinely no. don't I will if I'm like there and available I will reply and double message like within seconds yeah. sort of thing or I genuinely have been at work all day and haven't had time to sit and think of a reply and will leave it the whole day but I genuinely don't do that for a manipulation purposes so if I feel like someone is mirroring the time lengths that I'm doing on purpose it fucking pisses me off secondly someone who is pedantic and always has to be right someone who can't admit when they've been wrong because I think it's a lot of personal growth where I've got to a point where I can see my mistakes and I feel like I'm mature enough to admit when I'm wrong and say I'm sorry mm. and it pisses me off if someone acts like they're a self-righteous asshole and like can't admit when they've also done things wrong I can't be dealing with that like you have to take responsibility for your actions the third one I went for like a, a shallow one again because I wasn't sure what yours were gonna be um and I just went for good personal hygiene <laughs> fucking go and shower i can't be with someone who's got a strong pong you know we all get sweaty i just say jokes that you've gone for these physical ones you you just screwed me over because you've gone fucking deep dive got your scuba gear on and there's me like Uh, has to be good in bed and he can't smell (laughs) i mean surely for you as well like it would be a turn off if he had bad personal hygiene like if he i don't know didn't brush his teeth for five days wasn't showering properly didn't do a bit of manscaping 
There's nothing Had worse a bit of a than a cheesy dick on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Izzy have snapped here. The, the top of my madness is doesn't play games. Don't keep messaging because like he'll think that you're always available. Like blah blah. And I'm like, oh, I can't keep up with this. You know what? I will triple message and I will call you when I'm bored and I will just say it as it is. Like I won't keep you guessing because that's not how I am. And like yeah, I can't be dealing with games. Another thing for me is like lack of ambition I'm so ambitious and I thrive off like a bit of competitiveness so I want the person I'm with to like at least understand that or like even if they're not a a particularly high place or whatever like just having some kind of drive of like right I I may not know exactly what I want to do in like three years time I may not have like a set out five-year plan but like I know I want to be successful and I'm going to work hard and you need someone who's going to build you up rather than tell you that you're shooting too high you want the person you're with to be your biggest fan the problem with having one ambitious partner and the other one isn't is that the unambitious partner is so content with what they have that they probably don't understand why the other one wants more I do have to work weekends sometimes I do have to work in the evenings and I want to be with someone who understands why I'm doing that and I want to be with someone who like has their own thing, has their own friends. So I don't feel like I'm babysitting. Like I know that they can go off and enjoy their own thing and I can go off and enjoy my own thing, but then still come together and also like do those things together. When someone's independent, but they're still choosing to spend their time with you, I just think it means so much more. Like, Yeah, rather than like, oh, I've got no other choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you don't need each other. Like you want to be with each other. It's I a think, big bonus. Uh, yeah. So If you feel like you are the right person for these applications and you have the desired skills, then please send your applications to at name of the game podcast DMs. And we'll review applications and CVs and uh, get back to you ASAP. But yeah, anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear what we're going to talk about next week, please give us a follow on Instagram at name of the game podcast. (laughs) 